This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, let you ride around my city, I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, I can show you around my city, that's my city. Today on South Bend Beat, we're talking to Katie Jamison. Katie is the editor-in-chief of Edible Michiana, a position she's held for about a year and a half. We're going to talk about what led her to Edible Michiana, some of her favorite places, weird things she's eaten, and the ideal scenario if you have to be stuck on an elevator. Hope you enjoy. So how are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. There's a lot of snow out there That's today. That's what I was going to say. So today, uh, you guys will hear this in a few days, but today is kind of the first real snow that we've gotten. Yeah. Are you holding up all right with it? Yeah. I mean, this is my uh, first year in maybe like six years not having a garage. So oh. I did have to scrape all of my windows off like a normal person. How long did that take? Oh, uh, I don't know. Two minutes, probably not that bad, you it's know. It's a rough two minutes, <laughs> but though, it's we're like, being like, yeah, honest. I know, like ice is like little specks of ice are flying into my glasses, you know. So, are you from the area? Yeah, like I grew original? up in Osceola, okay. so just east of Mishawaka. So you're used to the winters. Yeah, I mean, do we ever get <laughs> really that used to the winters? Have know. you ever moved away for a period of time, or you've pretty much been here? Uh, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Yeah, so Osceola, Mishawaka, South Bend. So, That's it, yeah. so give us a little background from, uh, I guess you can start at birth all the way up until stop before, right before we get to Edible Michigan, and we'll get a little deeper into that. Yeah, you can start at birth. Where were you born? <laughs> okay. I was born on a couch bed in Osceola, <laughs> Indiana, but for real. Um, uh, so I grew up in Osceola. I went to Elkhart Christian Academy, okay. and then I went to Bethel College, and I was always into writing. Um when I was young, like in high school too. And then at Bethel, I went for English uh, journalism minor. And so when I was there, I did like, worked for the yearbook, worked for the newspaper as an editor. Uh, I tutored students in writing. What else? All, all the writing things, all, all the, the editing things. things. Yeah. Oh, I did the Crossing Literary Magazine. Okay. So I was in charge of that too. And that was a lot of fun. So I did short story writing and featured writing and stuff like that in college what years were you at Bethel were you at Bethel um 2006 2009 so I graduated yeah. one semester early so we would have had a little overlap oh yeah um I was 0809 and 910 but I was a commuter and like rarely on campus oh, yeah. so like I knew pretty much nobody yeah. I didn't even know you could do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lived in like uh, freshman year. You know, like they allow that? So I transferred in as a junior, so I just did the last two years. Oh, okay. Um, and then, you know, like town and country right by Bethel. Yeah. I was in like the apartment buildings right behind it called Pin Oak. Yeah. Right so, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and some friends was, who lived there. It was all right. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was close to Bethel, I'll say that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of Bethel people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Of, oh, really? Yeah. Kind of a Bethel mafia we have going on. Oh, right here. that sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> So, so take us into, um, as far so you were all, always had a background in writing, you were doing writing. Did yep. any of it necessarily um, relate to the 
you know, uh, anything in culinary or food before Edible Michiana? Yeah, so uh, my first job out of college was at the South Bend Tribune. Okay. So I worked there as a page designer, and then I learned some uh, copy editing there, and I did some feature stories, stuff like that. Um, and then from there, I kind of had this little break where I was doing uh, design work freelance, and then I went... Uh, to the Elkhart Truth, and at the Elkhart Truth, I started writing a food blog. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was like the digital first era in local newspapers where everyone was trying to figure out how to manage right. this digital world that was happening in social media, and then what do we do because print is disappearing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they wanted everyone there to write a blog, and I wanted to write about food, of course. Um, I don't know, of course. I guess when did I start? I started writing for Edible Michiana in 2011, and I would have been writing, I would have been at the newspaper 2012 or 2000. 13, I don't know, man. It's not even that long ago. Just a handful of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I started writing, actually, so I, I must have run into Edible Michiana before I started working at Elkhart Truth. Okay. And when I saw Edible Michiana for the first time, that first issue, I was like completely floored and very excited about it. And my mom has always been into food in various ways, and so I learned some of that from her. Um, and my grandmother gardened and cooked a lot, and so I got some of that food love from her as well. Um, so I saw that Edible Michiana, and I kind of lost it, and I reached out to them and begged them to hire me. Um, but they, it's, it's, I mean, I own it now, but <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a small operation where the publishers are the only full-time mm -hmm. people, and everyone right. else is an independent contractor, so it's not like I could have really been hired, but I was very excited and um, wrote a very convincing letter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I sat down with the founder at that time, and she said, well, why don't you write an article for the second issue? And I was like, oh, my gosh, it was so very exciting. Um, and so then somewhere in there, I started working for the Elkhart Truth, wrote the food blog, and I was a little nervous about that food blog because of Marshall King, was the yeah, food yeah. like yeah, the yeah. food guy there, and I thought, well, he has a food blog already. Are they going to let me write a food blog? But they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Marshall's cool about it? Yeah, so I What was your first food blog? What kind of what was it about? Oh, I have no, no idea. idea. What about your first, do you remember oh, what well, your first I mean, piece in Edible Michiana was about? Mm, Yes, it was about um, Chow's, mm -hmm. which is uh, was an Italian restaurant that is no longer, I don't think. I don't think it's open anymore. Um, but about the the woman who owned it and the, and all about her her expertise and who she was and where she came from, and that was a lot of fun. So, so here's something I'm curious about now. As you mentioned, and we'll get into, you kind of run the show. But back at that point. Um, when you were still getting into it, would you have considered yourself like a storyteller or a food critic or just a foodie, all of the above? Um, just food writer. So okay. Edible Michiana is full of features about food. So more like in-depth stories about the people behind the food and um, like why it matters and what they're doing um, and the connections to the local community and all that kind of stuff, farmers and um, we don't really do any reviews. Not or going out and hand on, handing out Michelin stars. Yeah, anything. no. So there's no need for a restaurant owner to be that nervous when you walk through the door. 
I, they should. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, they should be nice to me. <laughs> I, I mean, ideally, but <laughs> they don't have to like freak out and worry but about the no, review. No, no, it's not or like that. Yeah, no. Okay. So we don't do ratings. Um, yeah. So then, so back then, um, it was just very exciting to see my name in print. Right. Um, and and you know, at the South Bend Tribune, I had my I had bylines a little bit, and then at the Elkhart Truth, um, they started doing some where they would publish your blog post occasionally in print. So mm-hmm. that was very exciting too. Um, like digital still to me doesn't feel you know as permanent as like a paper newspaper or magazine, and I think that's true for most people. Right. And so having that byline was very exciting. Um, back then um so that yeah so then i was at the elkhart truth for about a year and then i moved on to lippert components um so there i did marketing communications social media um i wrote speeches i just wrote everything or edited anything that needed to be done sounds like you kind of racked up a lot of the talents that would then serve you as running the show like you do now yeah Yeah, there was a lot of freedom there um and it was a lot of fun too because it was like when I started, there were just a couple of us on the marketing team and mm-hmm. it grew to like 18. I think there were five when I started and then there were like 18 of us wow. and we moved into our own building and we had a fish pond in an old industrial sink <laughs> and we had a ping pong table <laughs> and a pool like and we had pool. I guess it was a ping pong table pool. What are you a billiard? Oh, hybrid? like it could transform yeah. into. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, on top. yeah, I got you. So that was a that was a fun team, and I learned a lot there, and I got to experiment a lot. And when I was there, I I was about a year in, maybe a year and a half in. I was starting to get bored, starting to think about going <laughs> somewhere else. Um, and then somebody came up with the idea to do an RV lifestyle magazine, so like recreational vehicle um, lifestyle magazine. So topics that people who are weekenders or people who like live in their RVs full time would want to read. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of um, like a thinly veiled way to just advertise all the aftermarket products there. (laughs) Because it was like basically a magazine full of their ads, Mm -hmm. um, but real content too surrounding ads. And so I got to manage that and that was a lot of fun. So I got to launch that magazine and work with uh, lots of RV bloggers. Um, I didn't have any budget, so I was just, I mean, we, they were printing them and that cost money, but we weren't paying bloggers to do anything at the time. And I don't know what they're doing now. I think they're still publishing it. Um, it was called RV Open Road. So that was a lot of fun. So did too. you attract the bloggers by being able to then like direct traffic back to their blog? Yeah, Basically you know, they'd have like a bio and uh, like in the print version, yeah, there would be like links or, you know, like their website and that kind of right. thing. But then, yes, we'd also put it online and so oh. there would be links there and it was kind of supposed to be like, you're getting promotional, right, right and trade we'll for content. And, yeah. and probably a lot of them were discovered by RVers who maybe wouldn't have seen them otherwise. And the demographic right. was generally more like um i don't know baby boomer age mm-hmm. i guess um except for there are like full timers who are young who are out on the road too um so that was a, that was a lot of f- fun and a very uh interesting learning experience kind of from like 
scratch and sort of making it up and right. like I don't know what I'm doing but <laughs> I'm just reaching out and asking yeah, yeah. you know will you write this can we use your photos <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, we yeah. write can I just use this article that kind of thing um, so managing a lot of content bringing it together and then also working with um, the designer who was doing the layout mm -hmm. and then multiple designers working on ads um, who was who was responsible for moving the ad space? Was that also you for selling ads? So we weren't actually selling ads, see, because they were aftermarket products okay. there at Lipper Components. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, just getting them in there. Exactly. Did you have much? Um, did you end up having much trouble rounding up bloggers for content, or did that did it go pretty well? No, it went pretty well. I think that the 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 most difficult was when people in the company wanted to write articles, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they're really bad writers, yeah. you know. And the but and then they somebody, but they're like, but I want to write about this. I'm yeah. like, I don't, you know, like I think we should have someone yeah. else write it who knows how to write, you know. So I did learn how to take a pretty rough written piece mm -hmm. <laughs> and turn it into something presentable maybe up. not amazing yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so i learned a lot of like trial and error and up and down kind of stuff how there. long did you do that um must have been about a year and a half or almost two years that i did the magazine because we put out three and we were only doing them every six months okay so so at what point did the transition start to taking over Edible Machina? Uh, well, so after there, I worked for uh, Toast Hotel Group up in New Buffalo for a year. Okay. So up there, um, I was actually the marketing communications person there, and I was advertising the hotels in Edible Machina. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had the experience of being an advertiser. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and at that time, I was working with an agency to create the ads um, for that. And they had been advertisers before. I was just coming in as a new employee and taking over those accounts right. and you know, controlling them. Anyway, so then I was there for about a year. Um, and then the uh, woman who founded Edible Michiana, Victoria Brenneman, um, just reached out to me like in an email that was like, three sentence I don't know it was super short and it just asked like do you want to buy it like this is how much it costs just straight this up. is why I'm selling it All do right. you want to buy it and I was like oh my <laughs> gosh um and it was just 75 percent so I have a business partner now Paula okay. Bartholomew she lives up in New Buffalo Michigan um and so I was pretty shocked really I was <laughs> like oh my word um that's kind of huge mm -hmm. um what do you do with that? I, you know, I hadn't intended to buy a business. I hadn't thought, you know, anything about that really. Um, I just wanted to do the editorial side. I uh, was excited about that. So I really w dug into it. You know, I started asking them all the questions, um, started working on a business plan. I went and I saw a score mentor, um, and sort of came up with a plan of what I was going to do. And ultimately decided, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, like I don't, why not? I'm young. You know, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. Explore this world of small business ownership and try to keep publishing and not die. How long was that decision <laughs> process from I got the email to let's do it? It was about two months before I decided, yes, I'm going to do it. Okay. And then it was another two more months of like 
figure out how like how to pay for her, what you know what that was gonna look like and also like getting the lawyer and getting a contract written and all that kind of stuff so it was um, every step of the way has been a learning process for sure take us through those early whether it's first few days first few weeks first few months um maybe some of the learning curve you had Uh, jumping in or the past because you had been on both sides of the coin then because you had done the advertising side and you'd also written for edible Mm -hmm. machine before that experience had to come in handy at least a little bit yeah yeah well i had a solid month where i continue like i finished working at my other job um and during that month after I had officially bought the magazine and was still working, I was trying to just keep up on emails for the production of the spring issue. Um, So I was just sort of being keyed into the process at that Mm -hmm. point and just keeping my eye on it and trying to, you know, see what all the steps were and when they happened and all that for just the production period, really. Um, And so that was kind of like, jumping in and also being like, ah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. cause I was also trying to finish my job and, you know, it was like, oh, a lot all at once. Um, but that was exciting. I got to help pick the cover and, um, you know, did some of the editorial. And so it felt like, oh, cool. You know, I'm doing this. And my name was in there mm-hmm. as publisher. And I was like, oh my God. Um, so then, Um, once I finished with my other job, I jumped right in and I was working from home, uh, only pretty much for the first three months, which was the worst idea ever. So don't do that. If you're a person who, who needs other people around, don't work (laughs) from home alone for three months. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Was it a productivity issue being at home? No, I was very productive, but I was losing my mind. Like, it was not ideal for me. Um, You know, like my uh, husband at the time would come home and I'll just like, ah, it's a human. You know, it would be be like, almost like for me, I guess, being like a stay-at-home mom and be like, adults! You know what I mean? So, and now, now I work at 101 Mm -hmm. CO3, so I've got the co-working space, which is good, and I work at coffee shops and things like that sometimes, but... Other humans. Yeah. (laughs) It really helps. So how thrilling was that uh, first issue that was, I guess you could say yours. Yeah. The summer issue. Um, it was, it was terrifying actually, I think. I mean, it was thrilling, but it was also terrifying. Like once it was done, it was like, okay, God, good. You know, (laughs) like, woo, (laughs) it's done. It's off to the printer. I can't make any more changes, you Mm -hmm. know, because that first time I feel like I was like very concerned about like extremely concerned about every little detail, double checking, triple checking, double check, you know, like everything. Um, and so, yeah, it was really relieving when it was done, I guess. And then having that first issue in my hands was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but I think, you know, like as far as business ownership goes, like early, I felt like people would be asking me like, what's, what's your vision? You know, Mm -hmm. like, what's your vision? (laughs) And I was like, I just want to, I just want to make sure I can get the magazine out. (laughs) 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I just don't want to fail. Yeah. <laughs> so my yeah. vision is uh, not failure. Like, that's what it felt like at the beginning. Um, but, but, but about a year in, I started to feel like, okay, like, I kind of, you know, I have some footing here. I know how it works. Um, and I started to feel like I had a little bit more idea of where I was headed and started to be able to plan out a little bit farther than just one issue. Yeah. Um, and so now I have themes, you know, out till next fall, next winter maybe. And so I've just got more kind of laid out in front of me that makes me feel more calm. Does the <laughs> reality, does, does it still seem real when whether you run into people in the street or whatever and there's like so many people that enjoy edible michiana does it still feel a little surreal as i mean how long how long have you been editor editor-in-chief now um a year and a half a little more than a year and a so half, it's still yeah. a little new mm-hmm. it's still um, very new so is it still a little surreal when it's like man a lot of people read this and a lot of people enjoy it yeah yeah and it's i think what's funny is when somebody is like Ooh, you know, you polish edible Michiana, and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, where are you based? I'm like, my house. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, oh, what? (laughs) Um, But also, like, it's funny because people will say, like, oh, do you do everything? Do you write all those articles? You, I'm like, well, no. (laughs) I mean, like, you must not be reading it very closely because there are different. That's a good segue. Take us like kind of what through what a standard day (laughs) or standard week for you looks like on you know kind of the macro level Mm. of what you need to make sure it gets done and what legwork you are putting in if you do you know do any of the writing go visit places what that looks like yeah um so it's it's kind of depends on the timing and the quarter so it's all a little different um but for instance uh last friday we uploaded the winter issue to the printer so that was very exciting the winter issue is the art issue um and so that will be delivered probably starting early next week um but by december 1st for sure so you're gonna see that around um so the weeks leading up to that the two weeks of production are when we're um like when my layout designer is putting everything together so the stories and the visuals are coming together the ads and all of that and at the same time ads are getting finished so my ad um my ad guy, Sam, is working on finishing up ads. Ads are coming from advertisers, all that kind of stuff. So it's all kind of coming together in those two weeks of production and, and the couple weeks before that. And then, like, we, you know, the, the weeks up to that, where you know, stories are coming in and we're editing those and um, I'm bothering photographers and pestering them to make sure they're, you know, or writers to make sure everything is happening when it's supposed to. So I'm doing a lot of coordinating, a lot of planning. Um, yeah. So in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be working more on planning for the spring issue. So working with my associate editor on determining the content and then starting to assign the content, um, you know, doing some research about what we want um all that kind of stuff and and then the in between the the planning and the production is when all the contributors are working on stuff and when i'm selling ads Mm -hmm. 
that makes sense. So kind of in the middle is when I'm out talking to potential advertisers or working with my current advertisers to make sure that they're happy and that they're getting what they want or if they want something new um, or a different package. Yeah, so it kind of, it depends on the time in the quarter which thing I'm trying to spend the most of my time on. Yeah. So, and if people go and look at either your Instagram or Edible Michiana, um, you go to some pretty unique places. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any stories, whether it be families, restaurants, uh, you know, places that stand out um, as either memorable or really unique or cool? Uh, You probably have a million, but is there a couple off the top of your head? (laughs) Uh, man, or a couple recently, even? yeah, yeah, let's go recent. Well, I, I went to Hook Pottery Paper for the first time, so that was really fun. Hook Pottery Paper's up in LaPorte, very okay. close to New Buffalo, Michigan, and it is a studio for a woman who makes paper. Um, and her husband who makes pottery. (laughs) But they also have Turkey Foot Farm there, um, and their sons run the farm. So they have some greenhouses, they have some sheep, they have some ducks and some turkeys. And so it's this whole thing. Um, We're actually featuring them in the art issue. That kind of makes sense, right? Um, So that was really neat to get to see some of the pieces they're working on for local businesses like the false front they they did uh, this really cool like chalice for them um that has like i don't actually know if it's a dragon head as the base but it looks like a dragon head as the base (laughs) and it's like this very heavy chalice thing that they're going to make a special cocktail in at the false front the false front is um the bar that uh in new buffalo David's Deli turns into a bar at night. Okay. So it's now David's Deli during the day, the false front at night, and they like roll out the bar. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's just so much Any going like on. I just under went the radar places around here. Um, I just well, I just went to the soft opening for Bantam Diner in right, South yeah, Bend. So you know, yeah, yeah. And last night was their opening yep. night, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's exciting. Would you have? Uh, so we had got the fried chicken that came with a biscuit nice. and greens, um, Ooh, carnitas. I had the carnitas. Uh, hush puppies. Ooh. Um, and whatever that like chocolate marshmallow dessert right? was. Yeah, it was all very good. Yeah. And uh, staff was doing a great job back there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that uh, biscuit because the night we went, they they'd run out of biscuits by the time we. It was good biscuit. To eat. And it came with like a uh, little side of melted butter. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna turn down a biscuit and. Butter, butter and melted so. butter. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it was all very good, um, and it moved quickly. Yeah, and, uh, it's over in the L Street L Street Kitchen, so they're doing. It's a pop up right now, right? Um, I think they're sort of calling it a pop up just because it's in. It's like I don't know. They're sharing the space. Right. It's not, I don't L think because closes about two. Two o'clock, I think, most days. It might I be think two L's, or three, yeah. Yeah, and then Bantam takes over. Yeah, and, and I can't remember. It's not. They're not open every day of the week, but. Yeah, so there are lots. I feel like there are a lot of fun things like that mm-hmm. popping up, and South Bend has a lot of neat thing. I mean, like Spirited was pretty yeah. recent, yeah. right? And we still have like on this side of town, on your right. side of town. Um, I still feel like Render and the General, and uh, yeah. well, Baker and Rose is really new, but yeah. like Render and the General are what like probably two years yeah. or more now. But they still it still feels still, like this yeah, new, still feels very new vibe um, on this side of town. So it's just fun to see 
South Bend and a lot of our areas kind of growing and changing and like getting to tell some of those stories and be close to it. Right. It's fun. Yeah. So how often do you get to like eat out pretty, pretty much all the time? Oh. Because that would be my absolute dream. Um, that is. It's a business expense for it's you, right? sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's, it's kind of mysterious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I kind of eat out a lot. I like I have a list of places I haven't been to yet that mm-hmm. I still need to go to, you know, so I'm always trying to get out to all of those places. Um, it's hard to keep up with all of it though. Geographically, like how far out will you go? Um, so we cover nine counties. So up in Michigan, we've got Berrien and Cass County. And then in Indiana, we go all the way to Kosciuszko and LaGrange. So we've got Kosciuszko, Elkhart County, LaGrange, St. Joseph County, LaPorte County, Marshall County, Stark County. I think I've said them all. So you can have places pile up on you pretty quickly. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. it's hard to get to all of them. So, you know, a lot of times I'm asking somebody I trust, like, how was yeah. it, you know, yeah. when you went down there? Um, yeah, because, you know, for me to get down to Warsaw or Winona Lake is like an hour plus right. sometime. You know, it depends, uh, especially in this weather. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so I have – you know people and sort of like reps i guess in different areas who kind of track some of that stuff for me but yeah i am trying to travel around and sometimes i yeah yeah (laughs) so before we get into um a few lightning round questions someone that is whether they're high school college or even even adults now that they know they want to get into publication maybe it's on the culinary side maybe it's not Mm. what advice would you have for them um i mean let's start on the writing side would it be like write often write as much as you Mm. can or kind of pick and choose the right places to put your work yeah what kind of advice would you have for them that's tricky i don't know i mean or we can even narrow it down to like um culinary publication mm-hmm. you know they just want to be involved somehow they've heard your story that's what they want to do uh, would you have any couple pieces of yeah advice i mean i guess like writing locally is a good base to get you started especially if you want to do like freelance work that mm-hmm. goes farther out into the world um but you know connections are huge too obviously skill is important so so writing a lot is important and and being pretty good at it which just i mean there's some talent obviously but practice um i know there are a lot of people doing a lot of like those blogs and things um so like practicing like that way and just writing about things you care about you know i think is a really good place to start um but if you can get your name published in local newspapers, mm-hmm. local magazines, stuff like that, it's a good place to get started. Yeah. And sure. I think what Edible Michiana does so well is you'll see a lot of the places they want, they want to be like, not places, but personalities. They want to be food critics. They want to review places. Mm-hmm. Whereas you do focus on the storytelling, get to know the people behind the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's a little bit more rare, but I think it's obviously what people want to read um it's something you guys certainly more enjoyable right right and like i said it's it's got to be nice to build those relationships with people um restaurant and if you're covering what'd you say nine counties that's uh yeah that's a lot of relationships you're gonna end up yeah exactly and that's kind of i mean that's really what it's about is like the community and the real story and the people and building those networks so that when you meet somebody and they need something you can go oh i know you know i know the person for you and they're just 
you know, 45 minutes that way. And so that's the, that's the rewarding kind of stuff. So, and so locally, I guess, if you're looking for advice for writers or connectors mm-hmm. or whatever, right? It's just, it like get connected yeah. and, and, and like genuinely be interested and genuinely want to help people. Awesome. That's where Love it's it. at. Yeah. You want to do a few lightning round questions? Sure. Um, <laughs> so, and you don't know these. I don't, I don't tell you ahead of time. They're the same ones? Um, no, they're a little okay. different. One would be the same. <laughs> Um, the elevator one? It is, yeah. <laughs> we'll start with it. Have you ever been stuck? I don't think so. Okay. Sorry, You're man. making faces right now. Like, well, you, uh, Would no it one. freak you out or would you be fine? Oh, no. You'd I don't be think fine. so. I guess it depends on how long you're in there. If it gets dark, I mean, there are a lot of things that could happen in an elevator. If there it was just you things. and one creepy person versus, <laughs> yeah, guess, you know, if you're in there with a, a lot of people. Point, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you fall in love with it, a stranger in there. Who knows? Man, you, you your mind kind of just went a lot of different ways there. I mean, there's a lot, lot of, of options, different ways yeah. There. Totally. So would you, would you be more freaked out if it was you and just say, like, three normal people or if you were completely by yourself? Hmm. I think I would rather be with normal people yeah. than myself. Yeah. <laughs> <You just sit laughs> Who may not be normal, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's do... Favorite, now that we're starting to get in the holiday season, what is your favorite holiday? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Does my birthday count? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Thanksgiving's pretty awesome because I'm not great at giving gifts, and I feel like Christmas is just like Thanksgiving on steroids. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I just love food, right? And Thanksgiving right. is all the food. and my. We have some things, you know, that we make every year, like – Brussels sprouts and bacon wrap dates oh, that I always yeah. get in the mix and cheese ball and stuff like that that are just you know it's just like really comforting to eat those foods with your family and so I never asked this I probably should have mm-hmm. you enjoy cooking sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like like when I'm in a creative phase you know what I mean like you go through a phase where you're like yeah yeah I have all these recipes I want to try yeah, and that's yeah. exciting and then sometimes I go through a phase where I just make a quiche with whatever I have yeah. over and over <laughs> and over again and that's kind of sad <laughs> you know what I mean but yeah so it depends on if I'm in a streak or not let's do um favorite yeah, you can't say South Bend, Elkhart, surrounding city. Favorite U.S. city? Oh. Hmm. And we can even, if you want to add, we can even expand it to the globe if you'd like an international city, too. Well, I I spent a bit of time in Denver this July. Um, Stayed with my aunt. She lives in Denver. And I stayed there, like, almost 20 days. It was really nice. So I just biked around a lot. It was really dry and hot. Um, But, you know, you're so close to Rocky Mountain National Park and Boulder, which is great, too. And it is a bike-friendly city. It's a very active city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And lots of beer. Lots of good beer. Yeah, lots of craft beer. Yeah. I went to Epic Brewing Company. And I was like, oh, my God, it is Epic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of good beer there. Did you do any hiking? Yeah, we did the Red Rocks, yeah. um, and then we did. We also did the Rocky Mountain National Park. Yeah, it can get the altitude's no joke. It can get. Yeah, it it, it is weird. Right it? It's weird because you don't really expect it. I didn't feel that feel it really in the city, but 
on, at the in the national park. You didn't get sick I did or when we got up. No, no. But when we got up to the top, I thought. Yeah, it got. Last yeah. time we went, Tina, <laughs> so you know my wife, Breathing. Tina. She like, yeah. oh, she like almost died last time. We oh, went really? Up there. It was. She got really oh, sick. Oh no, it That's was terrible. Bad. Was it hot or was it? It was I mean, cold up there. <laughs> I guess. That's a good question. I don't. I don't remember it being one way or the other, so I'm assuming it was okay. But it was she. We went hiking, and she didn't drink like any water because oh. she didn't want to stop to take pee breaks. So, <laughs> so hmm. like no water, dehydration in that altitude. Right. Yeah. It, it. She. She wasn't feeling good, so we ended up. It was supposed to be like three or four days up there, and we left the first night. Which my Aww. dad and I were fine. It would. I mean, I'm not an outdoorsman or anything. No. But uh, yeah. So we left pretty quick. Yeah, poor thing. Did um, let's do. So we already. Nope. We haven't talked about this. This was a question I wanted to save for the end. Some weird things that you've eaten. Oh. Um, they could be good or not good. Just weird. Yeah, I had. Well, I had some. Anticucho in Peru many years ago in high school, which is like a, it was like a, I think it was roasted, but it was cow's heart, you know, that was pretty exciting. Okay. <laughs> it was, <laughs> how was really it? tasty. I was in high school, so it's how's been that even a long get, time. So how does it get prepared? He says like. I think it was roast. roasted. Yeah, like roasted. on a stick. Cow's heart. Yeah. Wasn't that bad? No, it was great. Um, there's actually cow's heart in my freezer right now. <laughs> course yeah <laughs> it's a uh, for a you know a spell i'm gonna no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um uh i've had crickets a couple time rec- times recently must and be a good protein source right our, yeah our winter or sorry our fall fall issue is themed curiosity and we did some stuff about edible bugs um but yeah i was in uh, santa fe in january december last year so yeah Oh my word, time. Yeah. Anyway, oh, and I had I had some like crickets on a tiny little tortilla and they were like spiced and they were tasty. Uh, basically a cricket taco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it's just right. a little crunchy thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the legs that are concerning because they can get stuck in your teeth. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. So you said you were in Denver. Did you have any Rocky Mountain oysters? I didn't. What was I thinking? No, I mean, those... Cause you think, Did so you? I've had, yeah, so I'm from, like, the northwest corner of Kansas, like, basically mm-hmm. right on the border. Mm-hmm. There are Rocky Mountain oysters, which are bull nuts. Mm-hmm. And they sure are. Like, I thought, I mean, I was younger when I had it. I thought it would come out in a round format, but they're, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I thought they were going to be, like, OG like that, but they, <laughs> they look like chicken strips. Oh. And so they look like chicken strips. And I mean, this is Are kind of the sliced? cliche thing to say. May, I get maybe like crushed and I don't know. Maybe they hammer them. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, enough from the preparation. Because I'm, I'm str- but the end product, I mean, it, it would you wouldn't be able to tell from a chicken strip. Um, yeah. And the taste was chicken like i didn't throw up or anything it was fine i wouldn't i wouldn't seek them <laughs> I mean, out again but if you're going back to denver it might be uh yeah worth checking yeah into. i should look for them it's never it's never been like oh i need to go find yeah. those but maybe, but if you've had cow maybe heart next and cricket time. tacos i think you'll yeah, be okay sure why not so let's do some plugs tell everybody where they can find edible michiana um in both print format and social media and digital 
take it away. Yeah, well, you can go to ediblemichiana.com to see all of our content online, but you can also find where where you can pick up issues for free. We don't really talk about that, but you can pick up issues for free at a lot of locations around Michiana. And it's the advertisers that make it possible for you to get those for free. So like, we really want you to support them because they're awesome and they're making it possible for you to get these stories and these recipes and all this awesome stuff. So when you do pick up an issue, please look at our look at our advertisers and go visit them and tell them you saw it in the magazine. And restaurants, shops, they can find them all kinds of places. Yeah, yep. yeah, and there's a list on the website where you can find them. It's like find a copy and you can click on that. Um, and then we're also on Instagram, Edible Michiana, and Facebook, and then... Um, I have an Instagram, personal Instagram, or personal-ish Instagram. It's very personal, actually. Super personal. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Follow the flavor. So, yeah, that's kind of where you can get us on the internet. Where you're out and about and kind of some of those unique stories you were talking about. Yeah, and we also have an email newsletter, um, Food Notes, and you can sign up for that on our website. And we also uh, have a podcast as well Mm -hmm. called Michiana Banana, and you can uh, find that linked on our website as well or you can find michiana banana on whatever wherever you get your other podcasts like and we do have a lot of business owners that listen if they've heard this and they would like to advertise yeah how do they reach out to you through the website is that the best way yeah you can you can look on the website you can just send an email to info at edible michiana.com um on, I mean, anywhere that you can message us is fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll like see it. Yeah. Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And when does the uh, next issue drop? Uh, so the winter issue is the one that we just uploaded the printer last week. Um, you should start seeing that one probably either right before Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving and definitely by December 1st. Awesome. Uh, our yeah, the, the winter issue is always kind of weird because it's spaced holiday around the holiday and off, it yeah. does throw things off. Yeah. Awesome. But it's art and it's it's a really beautiful issue. I'm excited to see it. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate you having it on. Yay. Thanks. Welcome to my city.